Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I mean, I don't know what y'all came here to do. He's back. Hey, you ain't got a light. What the fuck you smoking for? Alone. <laughs> it's just me again. Welcome in, gentlemen. It's the fourth and long podcast. We're holding the dirt. I wish I had friends. I wish they were here. I wish they were in the country with me in this very moment to talk fantasy football because there's lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. But this week, I'm going to condense. We're going to get shorter. Why? Your boy needs some sleep, man. Fuck. Your boy needs some sleep. Needs some time. Get my shit together, you know? But to start a work week, you know, I got to get, get things going here. Love doing this pod, but, you know, got to shorten it down. So no referee talk today. None of that. I'm done with that. They know how I feel. Not that it matters. But there are things to talk about. Many, many things to talk about. It's a very interesting week seven. In the Holman Dick Fantasy League, as it always is. There's always lots to talk about. This week, oh boy, Dan and Rob made a trade. <laughs> I'm giddy. My two favorite people to talk about in this league. I'm excited. We'll get there. We'll get there. Everybody breathe first. Gentlemen, fear not. Alex Doria should return to this podcast next week. I think he's coming back. Uh, he told me. Oh my God. He told me four hours ago. I think he's back tomorrow. Rob, I think, is already back. The Europeans are back. Everything's going to be great. Back to normal. In the meantime, I'm going to hold it down for you boys. I'm going to hold it down. I watched a lot of football. Me and Rich sat down on my coach. We sat there, watched. We saw it all. It was glorious. It's a weird week. Uh, we're going to start with injuries. We're going to start with some downers here. Because there were some big ones this week. Huge, huge, huge injuries. Adam Thielen. Hamstring. After catching a touchdown, of all things. That works out for my matchup. Thanks, CRG. Couldn't have done that before, eh, Adam Thielen, you jerk. Uh, That's okay, though. Adam Thielen, hamstring injury. Apparently, he says he's going to be fine for Thursday. Not sure if I believe him. Pretty sure they play Thursday. That's what I saw. I'm going to run with it. Uh, This is a big one. Carry on Johnson. Knee injury. Uh Uh-oh. That's got big implications for the number one team in our league after week seven. Ryan... Already a little thin at running back. Already a little some question marks with James Conner. Yeah, they already start Adrian Peterson this week. I mean, it worked, so it's all good. But man, that is not good moving forward. Hopefully, it's not serious and he's not out long term. And even with him being healthy, he has not been what I expected him to be. He should have all the work there. And for some reason, he doesn't. And the work he is getting, he's not producing. It's been a weird season for that backfield. In Detroit. Stop me if you've heard that before. Uh, another big one. We usually don't talk a lot of quarterbacks. But Matt Ryan. Ankle injury. That dude's been an Iron Man, And now he is out. And I know. Oh, whatever. Matt Ryan's a quarterback. 10 team lead. Who cares, right? It's a big deal. Matt Ryan's been awesome this season. 30 points. 23 points. There we go. I'll rattle it off. 20, 22, 23, 15, 30, 30. And then 3 this week. He was terrible even before... He got hurt this week, so wouldn't have changed that matchup much anyway. But going forward, that's interesting. Uh, And David Johnson. We're going to talk more about this later on in this podcast. But David Johnson has been banged up and hurt. Missing practice, limited at practice for the last two weeks. I mentioned it last week. It was the same deal this week. He was a game-time call. And plays in the game, plays literally one snap 
off to the sidelines. And <laughs> Rich knows what happened after that. <laughs> Let me tell you, boys. He was rattled. Chase Edmonds. Ooh. It's a shame. Good thing he has him, though. We'll get there. Uh, but David Johnson, I don't know. It sounds like Rich brought to my attention. He sent me a text today that they're working out some running backs. One, Ryan, ears perking up here. Jay Ajayi brought in for a workout, apparently, or they're talking to him or whatever. He might get signed. How about that? Um, Jay Ajayi might not be dead in this league anymore. Now, that's it for injuries. David Johnson going forward. I think he's missing time. Carryon's probably missing time. Matt Ryan's probably missing time. Thielen, we'll see. Thursday night game, we'll see. Um, let's quickly move into the state of this league after this week. Uh, it is been, it's been really tight all season long. I think this might be the week where we start to see the highway divide here. We're at the split. If you look at the standings after this now week seven, you're going to have Ryan on top at six and one. You're going to have three-way tie for second with Dan, Rich, Doria, five and two, all of them. No one's, no one's surprised that those are the four teams right now. But after that, there's a two-game gap. And then it goes CRG, Nick, myself, all at three and four. None of us have decided to sell. None of us have decided to, you know, big time buy. Like we're all just kind of chilling, waiting to see what happens over the next two weeks. And we're all still very much in this thing. It's just very interesting that there's that big of a, of a divide already starting after week seven. And I wonder if that gap's going to large and large and large. Are you happy with a five seed in a season like this? Are you happy with a six seed in a season like this? These are the questions that the three of us are going to need to ask ourselves. And with this trade, we're going to get to this in a minute here. Hold your horses. Everybody relax. Settle down. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. But it's an interesting point in the league right now. The trade deadline is a few weeks away. It's on November 9th. I just looked it up. November 9th. Decisions will have to be made. This was the point of that rule change a couple years ago, bringing that trade deadline sooner to the season. It's going to force maybe one of us to decide what direction we're going to go. I'll tell you right now, your boy's not selling. He's open, he's open to trades. But I'm not sitting here going, hey, I need your first, second, third round pick for all my scrubs. <laughs> Rob. Uh, two other teams at 2-5, and five, which are Rob, who's straight up throwing the towel, Franco, who's also 2-5, and five, and I think it's time. We'll get to him. Just took an L to Mike. God. I don't wish that on my worst enemies to lose to Mike. I don't wish it on my worst enemies. He's going to hear about that forever. Mike's already changed his team name to fuck you, Franco. <laughs> With the snake emoji. Ruthless. Ruthless. That's why you don't lose to Mike, man. That's rough. Um, but those two and five teams, it's crazy. They're only one game back of fifth in this league. Like, but I get it. They're three games back of that three-way tie for second. So I understand if you're two and five and you're saying, fuck this shit, I'm done. I get it. But I want a competitive league. I want, I don't want people throwing in the towel. I want people in here trying to get dubs. I don't want no free wins like Doria got this week. I know he put up a good number, whatever. That was a joke. Everyone knew on Tuesday afternoon, oh, Doria's got a freebie this week. He's going to win. No problems. Sure enough, Rob puts up, what, 62 points? What a joke. We'll get there. Uh, but we got to talk this trade. 
we got to talk about this trade because it's a good one. It's an interesting one. I don't know if it's this big giant blockbuster these guys are making it out to be. Cool, a first round pick was involved. Okay, great. It's not, it's not that big a deal. It's a good trade. It's an interesting trade more than it's a holy shit make your jaw drop. I'll tell you one thing. And this is going to make Rob and Dan very happy. Uh, I was with Rich, live reaction to this trade as shit went down. We're sitting at the bar watching the Sunday Nighter. Rich's Eagles are getting punched in the mouth. And this trade comes up and he's gone, oh my God, Rob did it. He got his first. And his face was not pleased. His face was not pleased. Why? Because Rob got his way. He got his first round pick. Any, I think it's safe to say most people in this league have talked to Rob about a trade. I have. If you haven't, I mean, what are you doing in this league? Do, do what you got to do to make your team better. Um, everyone knows it's infuriating to talk trades with the man. It's infuriating. There is no logic. It's just thrown out the window. Hey, man, here's a fair offer. No, it's not fair. What are you talking about? It's ridiculous. No, 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 no. Okay, cool, man. And it just goes nowhere. It's a mess. But hey, Dan found the secret sauce. Decided, I'm going to pay your price Here's a first-round pick for Kenny Galladay, Evan Ingram. He gets a 12th and a 13th back. Dan ships off Ricky fucking Seals Jones, uh, Jamal Williams, a first and a seventh. The players do not matter. They don't matter one one bit. But that Rob's likely going to get a late first-round pick out of this. Good for you, Rob. Hey, you got to applaud the man. He set a price. I thought it was crazy. I wasn't alone in thinking it was crazy. Like, dude... You're selling off your fucking scrubs for first-round picks? Great. But the funny part about this, Dan's early seller podcast, the highly talked about, highly controversial one, the one that got me all hot and bothered, did that just backfire on Dan? If Dan doesn't do that pod, is Rob this eager to make these trades this soon? I don't know the answer. I wish we had Rob in here to have the answer for us. But it's very, very interesting that Dan has to pay the big price to the quote-unquote early seller who is Rob at this point. It's just funny to me. It's just funny. I wonder if he regrets that. Dan, oof, put it in the chat, buddy. I don't know about that one. Okay, let's actually break this thing down. This is what Dan does, okay? He is aggressive. It's why I love Dan in this league. We need aggressive people in this league. He understands that if you have a chance, draft picks for next season do not fucking matter. And I love that mentality. I wish I was in a position to do what Dan's been doing and have a good start to the season and say, you know what? Screw the picks. Let's just go for it. Not all of us have that luxury. Not all of us have the stones to do it. You know what I'm saying? Not all of us have the stones. Looking at you, Doors, Rich, now Ryan, the contenders. You got you to gotta answer to this. But this is what he does. He gives himself the best chance to win. Now, here's the thing. Did he need Kenny Galladay? Did he need Evan Engram? You could argue one way or the other. I don't think so. I think if you're looking at this trade in a vacuum, the value, it's, a, it's an overpay. Let's just call it what it is. But I know the way Dan thinks. I don't think Dan gives a shit because he's sitting there going, okay, well, Galladay is a wide receiver too, okay? That's the, he is what he is. A rising, young, good player in this league, and he's a wide receiver too. Very good. He's worthy of an early round pick. A first, I'm not so sure, but Dan's thinking, who cares? Because I have Mike Thomas, who's amazing, 
Chris Godwin, who's the best wide receiver in fantasy, as we learned last week. Um, and now he's adding Kenny Galladay in there. And now he doesn't have to start DK Metcalf. He can start Cortland Sutton in his flex. Now that receiving core is really, really good. He gets to start a wide receiver two in a wide receiver three spot. So that gives him his best chance to pair with that great, great running back core. And you'll figure out the rest. Evan Engram has been pretty up and down this season. I don't even know if Dan knows that Engram got hurt in last week's game. I think he's fine. I think he returned to the game. It's all good. But he's banged up and it's only week seven. Like... Also, on a shit Giants team, I think he's, in the tight end landscape, he's great, because tight ends is a shit show, but he's not this game-changing juggernaut, certainly, I mean, is it, if he's worth the seventh, okay, cool, that makes sense, um, so I understand what Dan was doing here, on the flip side to it, Rob just got his price, and it's great, now here's the thing with Rob, I mentioned we all, we all have dealt with him, and it's funny because... I, listen, I'm, let's call a spade a spade here. I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I offered Rob a, what I thought was a pretty fair trade for Kenny Galladay. I was trying to be aggressive. I thought, hey, I'm overpaying. Here's my overpay for Kenny Galladay. Rob said no. The reason being is he said he wanted to package his players to hopefully equate and get a first-round pick back. And I thought, what? Like, guy, you only have, like, two players that are worth anything, really. Like, that are, like, sorry, not worth anything. I shouldn't say that. But worth a first-round pick as standalone players. Mike Evans not worth a first-round pick anymore. Todd Gurley's not worth a first-round pick anymore. Uh, Melvin Gordon's certainly not. Austin Eckler, you can maybe make a case, but, like, and be like, oh, well, it's going to be his backfield when Gordon's gone next summer. Uh, Listen, there's a lot of time between right now and the start of next season. If you don't think the Chargers are going to go after one of these great rookie running backs coming out out of college this year, you're you got another thing coming, man. Like you're crazy. So you want to take that gamble? Go nuts. I might not, but take that gamble if you want to. Um, so these were the two players that he could were the only two, in my opinion, that he could package to get a first round pick. If he offered me Mike Evans and Melvin Gordon for a first, I would have probably said no, which sounds absolutely insane. And maybe this is why I haven't been successful in this league, but that's, that's where we are right now. I don't want the number two receiver to Jameis Winston. I don't want a banged up shitty Melvin Gordon or sorry, banged up shitty Todd Gurley and a, well, let's call it a shitty Melvin Gordon. The dude had five goal line carries on Sunday. He fumbled two of them was stuffed on the other three. This is not the same guy. It's not the same guy. And I don't think the team gives a shit either. They know they're cutting bait with this dude. It's done. It's over. So he had to get a first for Engram and Galladay. And I understand it. Hey, you got it. Good job. Good job, Rob. He's officially selling. Let's see what else he does in the next coming weeks. As far as Dan is, man, that dude is not done. And anyone who thinks he's done, you're crazy. He knows how to build a championship team. And if you're one of these other contenders... Hey, the torch is lit under your ass right now. You better go do some things to steady that ship. If you're Doria and you're going, holy shit, Odell. And I wish Doria was here right now to talk about this with me. Maybe we'll talk about it on next week's pod real brief. But if you're sitting there with Odell and Juju underperforming, you need to make sure that you are giving yourself... You can't go into the playoffs with that against Dan's team now. I don't think this makes Dan's team this unbeatable juggernaut. But I think now... You have to really make sure that you are giving yourself the best chance the same way Dan is. That's enough with the trade. That's it. It's hard to gauge these trades. It is. 
It's hard for me to talk about it a day after it happened. So cut me a little slack here. You know what I'm saying? I hear you all judging. At the end of it all, we don't... If Dan wins the ship, it's a great trade. If Rob picks a championship team next year, great. It's a great trade with that extra pick. But let's be honest. You guys think I was joking that he's going to take a backup tight end with that second first. He's doing it. Mark it right now. He's taking some random quarterback or a fucking tight end with that second pick. Mark it down. Okay. Let's get to the matchups. Let's get to it. Where else do we start than with Ryan and Dan? Ryan, 6-1, and one, defeating Dan, who's now 5-2, and two, but adding. Final score of 108-96. Sony Michelle made it somewhat interesting, a little bit, sort of. Not really, let's be serious. Sony Michelle, though, another good addition by Dan. Let's not forget about that trade. That's going to pay off in the end, I'm telling you right now. I like that one more than I like this Galladay one. Um... Ryan is the number one team in this league right now. That was the big matchup. It was great. He won convincingly. I mean, convincingly. It wasn't close. Let's be serious. Like, Sony Michelle helped it out. He had to have a spectacular day to even make this thing even remotely interesting. Uh, he drops 21 points on Monday night. But for the most part, Ryan's team was just better. Flat out. Um, Ryan has now won six straight games. Mercy. Mercy. He's crushing it, man. Uh, Wasn't all great for my man Ryan. Wasn't all great. Lamar looked awesome. Lamar had a fucking great game. Fantasy-wise, 23 points. Not that big a deal. Real NFL, oh my god. He was awesome. His other quarterback, slightly more awesome. Aaron Rodgers. Oh my god. 429 passing yards. Five passing TDs, one rushing TD, 43 points. (laughs) To make matters worse, he had the stack on his bench. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 133 receiving yards on two catches and a touchdown. He had 19 points. I know he didn't need it, but bench points was a theme this week, man. Rich, you know I'm getting to you, buddy. Um... That is a lot of puntos to leave on the old benchos. Uh, that's my attempt at rhyming. It failed miserably. Luckily for Ryan, he got some good performances. Stefan Diggs is flat out back. That Minnesota offense looks completely different. Who knew, eh? Just call out your quarterback, call out your team. Maybe shit gets done in this league. It's funny. Stefan Diggs, 142 receiving yards on seven catches, eight targets, back-to-back seven-catch weeks. He is back, which makes... The Cooper Cup keeper decision a little more interesting. Now, here's the question, okay? Darren Waller had a big week, but I want to talk about this. Here's the question. Now that Dan has made this trade, and I mentioned it, right? Mike Thomas, um, Chris Godwin, and Kenny Holiday. Do you like that better or worse than Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, and Stefan Diggs right now? I don't know the answer. I'm not going to tell you my answer. I know what I think. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm just going to let you guys sit on that. If you think Dan just won the league with one trade, think about that one. All right. Great matchup. It was a doozy. Waller went nuts. What does Ryan do at running back now with carry on out? He needs to make a trade. That simple. Uh, James Conner is going to come back into the lineup. You're going to trot out Adrian Peterson. 
next week? I don't think so. Rojo is kind of back, but he's like nothing special. You might get an RB2 week. That's probably his ceiling at this point. I don't know that he is going to be a reliable guy each and every week. You're not confident going into it. And Rashad Penny is the other running back on his uh, on his bench. Literally played two snaps. So that's not happening either. Um, Ryan's got a move to make. And we all know, I guarantee he was probably pulling up when Chase Edmonds is going absolutely apeshit on Sunday. He's going, okay, cool. There's my fantasy. I'm going to drop all the fab on this guy. Make sure I get a good guy. Oh shit, Rich already owns him. Good job, Rich. Um, That is interesting moving forward for Ryan. Maybe a window of opportunity now for those other five and two teams to overtake Ryan and that win streak of his and potentially take that crown back. Uh, Saquon was back for Dan. Uh, He was a little banged up. That's the other interesting thing with Dan. He comes back. He was a little gimpy. Like, he didn't look as explosive. Um, And then I think he left at one point. It's hard. You know, sometimes on red zone... There's almost too much information sometimes, and you just you, you forget things by 6.30 p.m. at what happened at 1.30 p.m. Um, or maybe that's just my simple mind. Who knows? But let's see. Let's monitor that Saquon injury situation moving forward. I'm not 100% convinced he's totally healthy, and in a lost season, I wonder if at some point, come playoff time in our league, that maybe they just say, you know what? Saquon, let's take a few games off, or even at little, or even at at, at least um, bring back, scale back his role a little bit. Wayne Gallman performed pretty solidly in that one game that he started. Maybe they mix him in a little more and kind of save some uh, tread on the Saquon train. All right, let's go to the next matchup, and it's a gross one. Gross. Sorry, let me take a swig of water here. I'm dying doing these things alone. Alex, 5-2, defeating Rob, who's now 2-5. This was a joke. 117-68. to 68 Doors, it's not, a luck, it's not a freebie win. He still put up 117 points. Respect. It's all good. Uh, but Doors needed this. Ends a mini losing streak. Two straight L's. He was dangerously close to going 4-3. and three, And that would have been really interesting. The guy comes back from a trip and is just like, dude, how do you feel? Oh, shit. He'd be freaking out. Uh, but this was a big one. Rob barely showed up in this thing. I have a question about Rob. Engram doesn't start. Engram's apparently worth a seventh-round pick or at least a part of a package for a first-round pick in our league. The guy's not starting? At this point, I just assume he's trying to lose, but I don't know why. There's a loser bracket for a reason. Losing this week doesn't matter. Instead starts Noah Fant on Thursday. Hawkinson in his flex. Hawkinson has done literally nothing since week one, literally nothing. Since a 19-point week one, 0.7, 0.1, 8 points, that's good. Um, a bye week, 2, and 3 points this week. The fuck are you starting him for? Now, Evan Engram didn't have a great day either. Six receiving yards total. But, I mean, give yourself the best chance to win. I mean, come on, what's going on here? Now, okay, he's on vacation. Okay, cool. You know, maybe, maybe he's not paying attention. That's fine, I get it. Do I, though? I don't. I don't. I should get it. But I'm not. You want to know why? Because the better Dotto, Nicholas, if we remember, let's take a trip down memory lane. Nicholas Dotto, my guy, moved his goddamn vacation with his girlfriend. Why? Because he didn't want to miss the draft. That's what a real man does. Lisa's listening to this going, oh my god, what am I getting into? I'm just kidding. Love you, Elise. 
Nick moved his vacation. No excuses there. What's yours, Rob? Start your best lineup, man. Grow up. Uh, an interesting move here. There wasn't much to talk about in this matchup. It was a good win for Doors. A lot of guys produced. Hunter Henry, back-to-back really good games. Um, Doors survived his brutal bye week thing. That was tough. No Odell, no Juju. Luckily for him, played Rob. Wish I saw that last week. Um, the interesting one, and this was a great call. This is classic Doors here. Picks up a guy named Jake Kumaro on the waiver wire. I've known about Jake Kumaro. He's a big analytics guy. Like, all you know, all these, all the stats nerds love him because he's super twitchy and, like, he's just a pretty good athlete. You wouldn't know what to see him, but, like, he's a pretty good athlete. Um, was semi-productive in college. Picks him up because of Green Bay's wide receiver crew is just a shit show. 54 yards in a TD. Hey, great pickup. Great pickup. It's excellent. I mean, again, it doesn't matter. And, uh, by the way, New England's defense, 25 points. Ridiculous. Uh, the other interesting thing with Doors here, Le'Veon Bell rides the pine. Doors was not kidding, man. That ode to Lev, that, I saw a part of his soul when Doors was fucking reciting that thing. It was beautiful. But you saw, you saw the pain right there. You saw the pain, man. He was hurt. Seven points on the bench. Eesh, man. It's not going to happen for Lev. The days of him as a keeper are probably done. I don't know what Doors does after that. Mark Ingram, maybe. Josh Jacobs, maybe. Maybe he keeps a Hunter Henry. Maybe he keeps New England's defense. Why the fuck not? Uh, All right, let's move on. Enough of that matchup. It was gross. To a very good matchup. Now, this was a great thing about this week. A lot of these matchups came down to the primetime games... And it's great. I love when that happens. I love when there's undecided things still to come and everyone's watching the Sunday Nighter. Everyone's watching the Monday Nighter. Because all somebody needs is just a handful of points to come out with a win. Yeah, that's what I was saying on Sunday night before Philip Dorsett crushed my dreams. Fuck! We'll get there. We'll get there. But this one first. Rich defeating Nick. Rich now 5-2. Nick falls to 3-4. Rich beating Nick 115-113. It was 112 for Rich, 113 for Nick after the 1 o'clock games. This was a weird matchup. Pretty much neither of them had... No, in fact, they didn't. Neither of them had a 4 p.m. guy. So it came down... Oh, no, sorry. I'm getting this twisted. Uh, Delaney Walker was the only 4 p.m. guy in this matchup. He leaves the game with an injury. Leaves the game. And it came down to our boy. He's going to be on all of our teams by the end of this season. He's already been on mine. I think he's already been on at least three or four. Uh, if I were less lazy, I would tab over to our league, tap on Jason Witten's name, and see ex- the history of the player. You can actually do that. I'm not sure if you guys know that. Uh, it came down to Witten. And all Rich needed was like, 15 yards. He needed one point to tie, two points to win. And after the half, it was looking, or heading into the half, it was looking dicey. He did not have a catch. That Dallas offense was clicking. You're thinking, oh man, like, are they not going to, are they going to stop throwing? Witten might actually not have a catch this game. Sure enough, catches like three balls in a row in the second quarter. Blouses. It's over. Rich staying hot wins his fourth straight. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome win for Rich. That dude is very quietly... Not to me, but in this league, very quietly, putting together an excellent, excellent season. Look out for Rich. If that guy makes a couple moves here, this is a big deal. 
And his team could have actually been that much better. Rich, I had to do it, buddy. Marvin Jones, 93 receiving yards, four touchdowns. Four. I read a stat. Um, He is one of three players in NFL history to have multiple – sorry. He's one of three receivers in NFL history to have a four-touchdown game. One was Jerry Rice. The other was a name that escapes me. But he has now done it twice. He's only one of three guys that's ever done that. It's fucking ridiculous. It's absolutely crazy. And Chase Edmonds. This is the big one. 126 rushing yards, 24 receiving yards, three touchdowns. This dude passed the eye test. I know it was against the Giants. They're shit. His next two weeks are against New Orleans. What a defense we have. Uh, San Fran. Excellent defense there. Tampa, who's actually got a really, really, really good run D. And then San Fran again, and then a bye. So, do I expect 33 points going forward? Absolutely not. But guess what? It doesn't sound like David Johnson's coming back anytime soon. We've got to monitor his injury situation. I didn't think he would play for two straight weeks. And he played both weeks. So, sure. I think Edmonds is in the lineup next week. Rich, yeah, safe to say. I would think so. Marvin Jones, maybe not. How do you start that guy with confidence? You have no idea, especially against Minnie. How are you going to do it? You might have to with bye weeks coming up, but man, that sucks. Leaving that many points on the bench is rough. Again, still gets the dub, the same as Ryan. You're not sweating the bench points, not a big deal. You got it, okay? But Rich was beside himself. He was beside himself. It was great. Um, Nick's storylines, literally two things. Devonta Freeman ejected from this game. Why is this important? Yeah, he was playing like shit. It wasn't great. All he needed was three, two plus decimal points to beat Rich. Yikes, man. You're telling me he couldn't have gotten 20 yards to at least tie Rich? It would have been a tie. It was 115.32 to 113.32. Needed 20 extra yards, man. If he doesn't get ejected and literally lifted off the ground by Aaron Donald... Little tip, don't fight Aaron Donald. Uh, that's a real shame. Um, bigger news for Nick. DeAndre Hopkins is fucking, he, he's back. This was, the, this was the week, finally. Finally, he produced. Uh, you look at it, and it looks like a typical DeAndre Hopkins week. 106 receiving yards and a receiving TD. Um, but he actually should have had another one. But the refs blew it. That's right! I said it was done! But I'm not. Fuck the refs. Oh my god. If you guys didn't see it, it was an abomination. They just called a sack as Watson was doing unbelievable things. He was scrambling out, evading tackles. His knees weren't even close to down. No body part of his were even close to down. And they blow the whistle saying it was a sack. Instead of getting probably the highlight of the week, other than Eric Ebron's ridiculous one-handed catch in the back of the end zone, that would have been the highlight of the week. Shame. The refs took it away. What a shame. Nick, 3-4. and four. I don't know what he's going to do. He's an interesting one. I said it last week. Interesting guy to watch going forward. Nick, you're with me, buddy. All right. Let's keep the 3-4 and four train rolling. It's CRG beating your boy, your podcast solo host. Come on. 81-78, your final. Another one that came down to the wire. It came down straight up. This is as easy as it got. 
Edelman versus Dorsett. I had a two-point lead entering Monday Night Football, less than two points with decimals, but whatever. It was time for that. Um, He has Dorsett on the bench, starts him. Great start. Great start. Gets him the points he needs, catches the touchdown in the second quarter, and it's over for your boy. Edelman can't do much. The Pats are up huge. He gets the targets, can't fucking reel him in. It's a shame. Six points for Edelman, and it's 10 points for Dorsett. That's the difference. For that, I mean, this is definition. Fuck it. You can't stop me. Definition, Greg Jennings of the week. Philip Dorsett put the team on his back and got CRG the dub. You can call it luck. Call it whatever you want. A win's a win, baby. Tip your hat. CRG, well done. Um, CRG is 3-4. and four. He's an interesting guy as well in this league. And I mentioned that last week. What's he do going forward? Still love his receivers. Like I said, Minnesota's offense seems like it's kind of back. Adam Thielen, if he plays and all is good, that's great. Because Amari Cooper looks awesome. Uh, Calvin Ridley's been up and down, but for the most part, he's going to be fine. Austin Hooper's, as we mentioned last week, has been great. 46 yards in a TD this week. He's been awesome. Like, what more can you ask for? Like, it's it's crazy. Uh, and he keeps making good decisions, like starting Philip Dorsett. Um, I think CRG had a bit of a dud week. This was a dud week for both of us. It was shitty. What are you going to do? You got to win these weeks sometimes. I've now lost two of these little scoring matchups. It's frustrating. Believe me. Uh, on my side, I lose Will Fuller. And this one sounds more serious than Adam Thielen. He also left with a hamstring injury after only getting me six receiving yards. Thanks! Uh, leaves with a hamstring injury. They said he's probably going to miss a few weeks. That's not good. That's not good for your boy. Good thing I picked up Robbie Anderson last week. Still got a lot of targets this week. And his cake matchups coming ahead are beautiful. Jacksonville, Miami, the Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincy, Miami again. Oh, Robbie Anderson's going to fill that boomer bust spot for me. Um, This was a week to forget for my squad. Just wasn't good. A lot of wet, rainy conditions out there across the whole league. That's why scoring was down this week. There was like three games at least that were just a sloppy, disgusting mess. The most important of which, for me was the Niners in Washington in the middle of what looked like a fucking hurricane. You got players slipping and sliding all over the place. George Kittle takes a one-yard goal line uh, goal line reverse, tries to turn it upfield for what would have been a guaranteed touchdown, slips and falls and fucking dies. And that's basically the week for your boy Tones. Um, it's a shame. You're not going to win a lot when... One of your position players gets 14 points. I'm just going to strike this game from the record for me. Let's move ahead. The grind continues, ladies and gentlemen. Both of us at 3-4 and four in that group. I'm not selling. You already heard it. Uh, I doubt CRG's selling after a nice, comfy dub. He needed this one. Going to 2-5, and five, that would have been no bueno. Um, let's move on, though. Why? Because we have to celebrate... Michael Dato. Celebration time, buddy. <laughs> oh and six, no longer now one and six. Mike Dotto picking up his first dub of the season, defeating Franco, now drops to two and five. 
103.98, your final score in that one. Mamma mia. I never thought I'd see the day, man. I never thought I'd see the day. I thought it was over for Mike. A late TD from Latavius Murray. A late TD from Allen Robinson in garbage time. I thought it was over. Mike just takes another L. Nope. Mike's getting that first dub. Coming home from across the pond with a dub in his pocket. Lovely. For Franco, fourth straight loss, man. Franco, buddy. It's over. It's over. There it goes. See ya. The hand was hovering the button for quite some time. And officially, it's over. It's time to blow it up, Franco. The Kelsey Ertz experiment, while I still applaud it, because in theory, it made a lot of sense. I liked it. It just hasn't panned out for God knows what reason. Travis Kelsey has been one of the biggest fantasy disappointments this season, period. Just hasn't caught touchdowns. And now with Mahomes out, I mean, I don't know if it's going to get much better. The yardage is there. The receptions are there. And that's all well and good. But you have Travis Kelsey as a keeper for those boom weeks for you to give you 15 points out of the tight end spot. And you get a competitive advantage that week. If he's just dropping six Five, four, seven points here and there. It's not that special. He's just another guy. Speaking of just another guy, Zach Ertz is worse than Travis Kelsey somehow. These two dudes have combined for one or two touchdowns this season. Combined. Who would have thunk that? Listen, week three, it's early. Week four, it's early. Week five, it's kind of early. We're through week seven now. Ertz's role is not the same as it was in the past. Dallas Goddard caught a touchdown this week. It wasn't Ertz. Dallas Goddard had more catches than Ertz this week. Uh, and they were down in that game. They were slinging it. He had five targets, two catches. It's not going to happen for these guys. I'm sure they're going to have some good weeks down the stretch, but it's not going to happen with these guys. They will not take you to the promised land. Uh, Latavius Murray started 27 points against the Bears. D. Yup! Another guy that's not working out, Joe Mixon, man. 10 carries for 2 yards. What? How does that even happen? Last week, 8 carries for 10 yards. This is not a fluke, people. It's not a fluke. Look at his numbers this season. Like I said, we're into week 7 here. We're about to be into week 8. These are trends now. They're not flukes. I don't think Joe Mixon's a bad player. That offensive line is a straight-up tire fire. Joe Mixon had a touchdown this week. He had one. Had 6.4 points with a touchdown. Two receiving yards, two rushing yards, a TD. Man. Ugly. It's ugly, man. Franco, valiant effort this year, man. DJ Chark, great pickup. Great pickup. He's got Josh Allen starting. That's cool. I applaud the tight end thing. It's great. Chicago's defense, none of the fault there. Ran into a buzzsaw like Teddy Bridgewater, my boy. Um, it's not going to happen, buddy. Barring a miracle, it's not going to happen. Twice this season, eclipsed 100 points. Just twice. Not good. I'm sorry, Franco. Probably the best guy in this league. It's not going to happen. He might be our next big seller. Stay tuned. All right. I said I'd keep this short. 
I'm honoring it. Where are we at here? 38 minute mark? Yeah, we're fucking crushing it. 39 minutes? Let's go. Let's get to the D-bag of the week. This one is a beauty, man. This one, I had Rob penciled in. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> For his questionable roster decisions the next two weeks, it was locked in. I was like, man, I'm going to go in on him for the second straight week. It's going to be live. After he fires me off some compliments, too, in the chat. Thanks, Rob Preach. Thanks for listening, pal. Nah, Rob, scratch. Made a good trade. Got his first round pick. It's all good. You're good. I'm giving you the pass this week, Rob, but you're on my radar, man. You're on my radar. This week, it unequivocally goes, there hasn't been a lot of douchebaggery in this league. We even need to up the douchebaggery again. I feel like it's just been a lot of real NFL stuff, but this one actually does affect fantasy a little bit. And this one is for my boy, Rich. The Arizona Cardinals are... Douchebag of the week. Disgusting what they just did to Richard Ben. After the game, okay? After the game... This is step number one in this. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury says, We only wanted to use David Johnson in an emergency basis. Number one with that. That would have been nice to know for Rich on probably Thursday or Friday or maybe Saturday. Um, They keep that real tight to the vest. That's number one. Number two, I think he got the first, he for sure got the first carry of the game. I'm pretty sure he also got the second carry. You're telling me the first two carries of a game is emergency basis? What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's nonsense. Nonsense. To make matters worse. Oh, man. Oh, my God. The Cardinals tweet out. You know that anyone who's been on Twitter, I don't know, fucking whatever... There's the bunny who holds the fucking sign and you can make it with your, you know, random keys on your keyboard. Anyway, it basically says, you should have started Chase Edmonds in fantasy in all caps. They tweet that at 3.05 p.m. I mean, come on. Like, did they tweet that just for Rich? Like, if you're already pissed off that you didn't start Chase Edmonds and you started David Johnson who goose eggs you... And luckily for Rich, it didn't cost him an L. But, like, that's got to just irk you even more. That is so savage. I kind of like it. I kind of applaud it. But douchebags can be kind of applauded sometimes, you know? Guys can be scummy douchebags. It's okay. We can still laugh at it. Arizona Cardinals, douchebags of the week. I have another interesting tidbit. And this is going to circle back to the start of this podcast, talking about Dan's team and the landscape of this league and what that does for it. This is an interesting tweet that I came across on Sunday from Scott Barrett, DFB. I don't know who this man is. I think he's a writer. Uh, oh, yeah. Pro football-focused senior analyst. Not verified. What the fuck? Um, he puts this out, okay? Team A. Matt Ryan at quarterback. David Johnson at running back. on Johnson at running back. Will Fuller at wide receiver. Tyler Boyd at wide receiver, Evan Engram at tight end. Versus Team B, Jacoby Brissett, Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, Marvin Jones, Zach Pascal, Rhett Ellison at tight end. The fuck is a Rhett Ellison? I don't know. Which one of those teams won, Team A or B? While I'm saying it, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's Team B, obviously. 
PPR points, 177 for the Brissett, Edmonds, Murray, Jones, Pascal, Ellison. That Team A with all those stars, 16 PPR points. Now, there's two injuries in here. Ignore the actual finite details of this tweet. The point of me saying this is, any given week, anything can happen. Anything. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times, I'm like a broken record with it. Anything can happen. A Philip Dorsett can win you a week some weeks. Can beat a Kenny Galladay. Can beat a fucking Chris Godwin. Hell, I beat Dan's team. Suck it, Dan. If I can beat Dan's team, anyone can. Let's be serious. Anything can happen. Make smart moves. Figure out ways. Figure out matchups. Figure out ways to get yourself a dub. It doesn't have to be always about the name brand players. There's some absolute studs that I just rattled off. The majority of which were taking either keepers or first two round picks for our league. And they stunk it up. And it's not the first time these players have stunk it up. Meanwhile, you got other players like Marvin Jones who've had multiple successful weeks. It's crazy. Fantasy football is a trip, boys. You're never out of it until the fat lady sings. Alright. Last but not least... Marquee matchups. This one, like last week, a little obvious. But obvious sometimes is good. It is the 4-2 Doria versus the 4-2 Rich. Oh, it's going to be good! It's going to be good. Not a big, not a lot of big egregious um, bi-week situations for either team. Dak Prescott on a bye for Doria's at quarterback. Not that big a deal. Pick up a QB. You'll be alright. Um... Look at, yeah, I'm just looking at this. Yahoo's fantasy projections has AJ Green with 2.5 points this next week. Why? Why is that there? <laughs> like, he's not even close to playing. So why just, like, this, I don't know what algorithm they use. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I digress. Uh, it's a great matchup. Doors gets his boys back off by. Tyreek Hill is healthy. T.Y. Hilton's producing. Is Marvin Jones in the lineup? Is David Johnson in the lineup? Is Chase Edmonds in the lineup? Is Tyler Boyd, who's really been struggling in the lineup? Interesting decisions on Rich's side of this matchup. And it's going to help decide who has a real chance at a bye week this season. This is a big matchup. The winner of this could be on their way to a bye. It's a big matchup. It is big. Especially when you consider uh, Dan plays plays, uh, fucking Mike. You guys with the team names. I love the fuck you, Franco. It looks like Franco. It's a picture of Franco, and I'm sitting there going, oh, Dan plays Franco. Like, stop it. Don't you understand we have a podcast to do? It's hard to do this. Hard to look at these names. It's like the Untouchables, Unfucking Beatables, whatever the hell it was last week. Mike's hairline for Rob's team. It's I still think that's Mike's team. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, when... <laughs> I'm going off on these tangents here. Um, Dan against Mike, that's a freebie, and where are we here, oh, and Ryan plays me, which could be a freebie, I don't think it will, I'm going to beat Ryan, I'm going to beat his ass, it's going to be great, I've already taken down one top team in this league, let's let's do it again, let's do it again, alright gentlemen, this was a pleasure, doors will be back, you don't have to just listen to me anymore, I went 47 minutes, guys, I'm trying to be short, fuck, I'm done. Gentlemen, 
We'll see you next week. Good luck out there. Let's see some more trades. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came here to do, but uh, if you ain't got a lighter, what the fuck you smoking for?